Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome back to another Out of Spec podcast. I am joined once again by our very own Max Patton, a.k.a. AirPods Max. How's it going, Max? <laughs> it's going well. Thanks for introducing me by AirPods Max, my chosen name. Uh, and we just wanted to talk today about this used EV series and what's going on with it. Yeah, so basically, for those who don't know, on Out of Spec Reviews, we're doing a series on all the compelling, interesting used EVs, partially because this new tax credit going into effect does apply to used market up to a certain price point uh, and also depending on your income. But it's it's a new thing because for the longest time, the tax credits only applied to brand new cars. So we had that in mind, as well as just the overall notion that new electric cars are still typically kind of expensive compared to those in the economically minded bracket. So we wanted to take more of a deep dive and see which cars are actually intriguing and available and which ones maybe should be considered and which ones maybe shouldn't. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about just touch briefly on the ones we've kind of recorded um, and looked at, but also some of the ones coming up and some of the ones that we're not going to touch on. So where do you want to start? Sure. So we've looked at the Chevy Bolt, which is, I think, the most obvious pick by the numbers. Incredible range, liquid-cooled battery pack. There's this whole huge battery recall program that basically means that everyone who buys one, new or used, is getting a new battery pack. Uh, And then we looked at the Volkswagen e-Golf, which was a mid-2010s compliance car built on, at the time, the Golf of that generation, uh, which had much less range than the Bolt, was a bit cheaper, and kind of represents, well, that compliance car mindset. You had other cars like the Fiat 500e, uh, the Kia Soul EV, uh, a bunch of cars that were basically built as converted gas platform cars um, to comply with California regulations. Uh, and have some compromises, but do tend to be cheaper than ground-up EVs like the Chevy Bolt or the Nissan Leaf, which we probably will be looking at shortly. Yeah, it's good to kind of look at all of them because it's not like there's a... I mean, I think it's obviously better if it's a ground-up platform as far as technologically speaking, but 
it's not like some of the adopted platforms are that bad. Some of them are quite good. And especially if you're, if money is your focus, you're almost not going to be as picky on how fast does it get to 60 and what are the compromises of those platforms. Um, what do you think of the bolts and golf so far? I know they're very different, but those are two we've looked at already as of the recording of this podcast anyways. Yeah. Well, I recommend people look at those videos because you can see Jordan and I's kind of impressions in real time of them. But the bolt I thought was, uh, really honestly, very livable car, super practical. I know some people have complaints about the quality of the interior and the seats not being super comfortable, but I found that, you know, they were comfortable enough and at least on a short drive, there was a lot of space inside because it's a ground up EV. Uh, the charging situation wasn't ideal, but it wasn't terrible either. And then that battery capacity is just a sweet thing about it. It's got a ton of range and a ton of practicality uh, for a lot of people just by virtue of having a significantly bigger battery pack than almost any other EV we're looking at, including the um, e-golf that we did more recently. Yeah, it's perhaps the least compromised of all the cars we're looking at. It also can be on the more expensive side if you're looking at aka 10 to 25,000. These are going to be closer to 25,000, but it is also just that much next level of the platform with the good range. And yeah, not great charging, but also it could be worse. It could have just been a level two charger. Like some mm -hmm. cars, like the Chevy Spark, DC fast charging was an optional extra. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad ours had DC fast charging. Much uh, more common on the bolts than uh, a lot of other compliance cars. Also, you can buy a new bolt. Like if you're looking at around that $25,000 zone, you don't have to jump up much higher to get a new one today. Assuming you can find one uh, with the whole new warranty situation uh, and a full $7,500 off potentially with the new tax credit. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of sweet. So that's something to consider is uh, the bolts. You know, it's technically already at second generation. It's already had a nice facelift and a few things added. Although we drove kind of the late first generation and it didn't feel that much different. So it is nice that you have additional options. Um, mm -hmm. The Leaf is the same way. That car has actually been around much longer since about 2011 or 2012. And we are also in its second generation, which I think started roughly um, 2018. Um, I actually have yeah. some pulled up here for our viewers for <laughs> just glancing. Uh, yeah, it looks like 2017 was the last year of the first gen. 2018 was the first year of the yeah. wildly different looking facelift. Yeah, and the Bolt and Leaf are similar in that respect in that they're actually one of the few cheap EVs still being sold new. So you have that option still in the new market. And also similar in that their second generations were mechanically not too distinct from their first generations. The Leaf has progressed a little bit more because it's been around longer, but it's more of a facelift situation where, you know, the first generation wasn't received so well for looking kind of ugly in both the case of the Leaf and the Bolt. And the newer facelifted versions are a little bit more... Uh, I don't know, a little bit more nice looking. Yeah, I have to agree. And you also have the EUV joining the lineup, uh, which does make the price go a little bit more higher even. But still, it's good to have the striation of pricing all the way from much cheaper to the Buku ones like Model S and such like that. But for the used affordable options, I guess I can play devil's advocate a little bit. I understand um, You know, we're not going to probably cover every single California compliance car. In fact, we won't cover most of them because there are just so few of them. But if you are in California or somewhere else in the nation and happen to find one, that's still an intriguing option. Don't rule it out only because we don't cover it. But what are some of those 
like fully electric cars that are used that we're just not covering. Like, what about the iMeve? I love that thing. Yeah, so the Mitsubishi iMeve, a little bit more of an obscure choice, frankly. It's a little bit just too out there. They really made not that many of them. It's hard to find them in our area. Uh, if you love the kind of bubbly little minivan look, of it almost like a k car uh classified car you know out of japan uh you might like it but just very hard to find like jordan you were mentioning because they just you know not many people bought them they didn't make that many of them there are a few exceptions like the e-golf that we looked at there were much more of those uh there were much more uh like fiat 500es for instance so that's a very strong candidate for one that we might actually look at but mitsubishi imeev sorry uh just yep. there's yep. not enough of you to look at and then uh there's other ones like um i just love looking at the pictures that i need it's you know so iconic can I, can I point out so for our yeah listeners on youtube i have the the visuals pulled up officially from mitsubishi this was their historical kind of archive release so this is all official from them and they mentioned a 16 kilowatt battery pack which is kind of funny that's not actually even right smaller technology. than the eagle yeah, it's it's uh, technically kilowatt hour, but you know we'll look past that <laughs> small typo there. Um, but that is pretty small. <laughs> and sixty-two. It's just funny that they say long driving range and a spacious cabin, and it's sixty-two miles, and it's very cramped. Also, uh, was a super early EV, so maybe at the time it was. At you the know, time. at the time yeah. it was decent. Uh, we do live in a cold weather climate, though, so that bad range to begin with combined with very possible and likely battery degradation combined with a cold climate is going to result in, I think, some scary situations. So we're just avoiding that for our market, at least. Yeah, but again, it's still a possibility. And if you live in a place where you can live with that, the limitations, it's an intriguing, compelling, kind of adorable in its own way car. Um, what else are we not covering that's fully electric? I guess there's a few cars I should mention that are that were offered as hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or electric. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So there's the Honda Clarity uh, plug-in hybrid and electric option. Uh, there's also the uh, Hyundai Ionic, which, you know, not the Ionic 5, the new one, but the original Ionic sedan. These cars were offered with fairly short range uh, compliance car ish kind of qualifications, but they were built to be basically alternative fuel vehicles. Uh, both of those were made in three versions, hybrid, plug-in and electrified, like fully battery EV. Uh, the problem with those is frankly, they're actually a little bit too expensive for the tax credit for at least a used tax credit. And none of those cars are really made new. They're not necessarily bad cars. Like I personally love the Honda Clarity. You can kind of see pictures of it. It's basically an Accord but uh, with a, a very electrified powertrain. So nothing wrong with the car, even though the, the EV version has short range. It's just, it's frankly a little bit outside of a price range. That also would include some other picks that people might've mentioned, like the, um, the Kona Electric, you know, from Hyundai as well, like uh, as well as their Ionic. You know, these are great cars. They're just a little bit outside the price range right now because of the current market conditions. They haven't frankly depreciated to what they should be worth. So we just can't really consider it as part of an under $25,000 series. That's not to say that you couldn't find one cheaper than that, but uh, I've been struggling personally to find like a good condition uh, one anywhere near our area for that price. Yeah. And again, that's, that's something to keep in mind. It's, it's all based on our area. We're not necessarily flying around the country, finding the best possible cars. Um, although I guess Kyle sort of did with the leaf operation <laughs> operation extract leaf from washington and um 
So that, it's possible. It's, it's, if you're creative, you can do that because that was a proof that the leaf had an accident. The rear quarter panel is totally messed up, has no AC charging that's broken, but it's still a leaf. It still has some city driving range, very minimal. Yeah. But it's also, it was $3,500, $3,700, something like that, under $4,000 for a fully electric car. Which Amazing deal. But that's kind of Kyle's project car. And the yeah. thing here, some people have also mentioned, why aren't you looking at like a, you know, submarine resalvaged, rebuilt, titled Model S or something, right? Like something that's depreciated a ton uh, that's in that price range. Frankly, we just want to have a car that, a normal person could buy and use regularly because that's what we're going to do in this series so uh the leaf was a great deal the first gen one that kyle got but generally for this series it would be amazing to get a car that just works has new newish tires on it uh has a non not super degraded battery that has livable range that's kind of the goal here just finding something that a normal person could go out there buy and get that tax credit for uh, and not have to you know do a rich rebuild style series on actually getting it to work. Yeah. And it's helped me, you know, seeing some of these has helped me be a bit more intrigued because we, you know, we drive and test so many of the new, typically more expensive EVs. And so it's nice to go see what else was out. Cause a lot of these cars we're looking at are obviously used. They were, they were big news to the press five, even 10 years ago. Um, so it's cool to see like the, the EGOF, for example, I always thought that was the coolest thing. And then driving it around, I was like, okay, it's just a golf, but it's electric and it can't go as far as a golf on a gas tank, but that's part of that component. But it's cool to see that there are electric cars that are totally decent. Like it didn't feel like this golf was just a piece of plastic held together with random stuff and how it has an electric drivetrain. It actually was a nice place to be. We thought it was very comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. And in some ways I liked it more than the Bolt, but then you have to think about the charging and the range, which is the case the Bolt kind of wins, um, ironically, because the Bolt has terrible charging. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's still a great car. Now I will say if, if your goal is to do any sort of road tripping, that's where almost all of these are going to be a lot more challenging. And that's probably where you might look into a plug-in hybrid. Um, there are a lot of good plug-in hybrids. We're just not necessarily covering them because it wasn't the point of the series. But don't, don't take this series as a, oh, this is telling me what to do with my life in terms of buying an electric car if I can't afford a new one. Mm -hmm. um, use it as a point of you know, research and see what really the city-minded cars are and then yeah. take that into account because there are so many interesting options for plug-in hybrids. And I know we've had podcasts before debating the existence of plug-in hybrids. Kyle and his dad recently did one on plug-in hybrid and range extender and what place those are in the market. And uh, I think there, there are reasons for them to exist, but they are typically compromised kind of on both ends. And for some people, it's the right compromise. For others, it's a little iffy. Um, I guess speaking of range extender, I wanted to mention we are looking at an i3 as well, I think, here pretty soon, um, which we're looking at a fully electric version, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, we're actually looking at one of the range extenders. So oh, okay. you could say that's breaking our rule, but the i3 is still a ground-up battery electric vehicle. And frankly, this series has to have some kind of scope or we could just have unlimited episodes. So the focus <laughs> is battery electric uh, for whichever reason you pick. I mean, yes, that tax credit that's coming into effect will actually apply to plug-in hybrids with a 7-kilowatt or larger battery. 
but there's just so many of those. And like Jordan was mentioning, you know, plugins have their own distinct advantages and disadvantages. Even with the range extender, I would consider the BMW i3 a fully electric car. It just happens to have a moped generator uh, built into it. Because yeah. uh, if you want to get nerdy about it, the final drive ratio of that car is still electric. Uh, yeah. It's And yes, I know that I think like the... Um, I'm trying to think. I believe the Honda Clarity also does that, but I still consider that to be more of a hybrid uh, ICE adjacent car than these fully, you know, battery electric vehicles that are designed primarily to run off their batteries. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the i3. I feel like that's the one that intrigues me the most just because it's so quirky and sure it has its own limitations. Um, And then, you know, the Leaf as much fun as people can make of it is actually still a genuinely solid vehicle. Uh, It's just electric nissan honestly my biggest gripe about nissans for the past like decades has been their ice powertrains and so a leaf in a lot of ways fixed that for me which was funny because i went into the leaf when we were testing the brand new one 2022 or 2023 and i was like all right i'm gonna make fun of this thing to no end and then i drove it around i was like oh this is really good dang um not amazing it's still they're riding their own coattails with the leaf there's a lot of things that have not been improved since the very first one which at the time kind of like the imeve was groundbreaking but now they're in a market full of all sorts of evs and they're still trying to sell a brand new leaf um that's up into the thirty thousand dollar range for a new one which i'll be looking at the leaf shortly yeah but right off the bat compromises you're going to find in any leaf ever made used or new it uses Chadmo for DC charging, which is just frankly being phased out. Uh, you're, it's increasingly, increasingly hard to find Chadmo. And let's say you're the second leaf owner to pull up at an EA station, you're probably going to be out of luck because they only have most of them now only have one of those uh, receptacles for the the weird Chadmo connector. Everything yeah. else uses CCS. And then also Nissan's decision to use an air cooled battery, which at the time you know put them in line with Soul EV. Uh, from Kia and the e-Golf and several other cars. But now with a new car, it's just looking positively dated. Uh, and there's clear compromises to that, like the fact that you can't actually fast charge consecutively, like on a road trip at high rates for long, uh, that your battery is going to degrade if you don't keep it in thermally ideal conditions. There's just a lot of issues with uh, and compromises that they made for cost that were kind of excusable in the 2010s, but are becoming less and less, I think, relevant in today's market yeah for new cars yeah so it's an interesting series i think i'm interested in it personally but so are a lot of other people and i think it really is good to look at what's available and obviously you can do all your own research but we're trying to compile as much as possible into an easily accessible place aka youtube so uh we appreciate you joining in this episode let us know what cars you think we might be missing um and obviously this is north america i should mention uh when we went to the fiat 500e i got kind of like hurt inside because the new fiat 500e which only is in europe is literally the car i would probably buy if it was in the states like that is my perfect electric car of course everyone's different but Maybe we can do more of these series overseas, but for now, this is uh, what we're looking at in the U.S., all the compliance cars, all the interesting, quirky used cars. So let us know what you think. What's your favorite? What would you like to see? And uh, you'll see Max and uh, sometimes myself on these videos presenting as much as we can. So (laughs) thanks for joining in. Uh, Any final thoughts, Max? Uh, No, just kind of adding on to what you said. If someone finds a car in the Southwest area that qualifies in that it's primarily a battery EV under $25,000 that you find used that I've just missed, 
don't be, I mean, send me an auto trade or auto tempest Craigslist, whatever, send that link along uh, and we'll take a look at it. Cause you know, I'm always on the hunt for those rare gems, right? The, I think the key with used vehicles, particularly in this market is finding what's not obvious. So as cool as the bolt is, and as many of them as there are, everyone wants one cause it's so great. Uh, but like the Fiat 500e, that last generation one we still have in the U S not as desirable. So the prices on those, for instance, look pretty good. So if you find some hidden gem like that, do send it along and we will give it its due in a, its own video. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys in another episode very soon and go check out these videos on out of spec reviews where some of them are out and some of them are coming. Take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.